You're back with Decoding Crypto and boy, have we got some news for you. I'm Ed Stott and my co-host is Collective Shift CEO, Ben Simpson. Now, ordinarily, we would have a pretty big guest for you on Mondays to come and talk to you about their little piece of the crypto landscape. But we have had a wild weekend. It has been absolutely crazy. Now, three banks have now gone under in the US and Circle became de-pegged over the weekend. This is pretty wild. We're going to break it all down for you so that you can understand what's happened and so that you can get a better idea of how this should advise your investing strategy. Ben, what in the heck? This is absolutely wild. It's madness, Ed. And to be clear to everyone, this is ever evolving. I mean, I spent so much time on Twitter over the weekend. It's just like, it's just one thing after another. There's a lot of misinformation. The stuff's mm. still going on. It's still Sunday in the US. Banks are closed. Regulators are closed. It's just an absolute shenanigans. I can't even get a coffee in Melbourne. It's a public holiday <laughs> here. It's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a disaster. This week has been all over the shop. But we're going to break it down, give you what's going on. So the first thing that happened, as Ed mentioned, was that Signature Bank one of the very few crypto-friendly banks was shut down by state regulators. Now, from what I can understand, there wasn't that much wrong with Signature Bank. You know, they're giving all their deposits back. It's not like they went bankrupt or anything. Yes, they had a little bit of uh, exposure to the FTX uh, uh, stuff that happened last year, but it seems like they're just going into voluntary liquidation based off state regulators basically pushing them to to shut it down. Mm. So, you know... They're saying that their action was taken to protect depositors uh, and said that all depositors who's used Signature would be made whole in a joint statement outlining, uh, you know, the reg- regulators to, to protect depositors in SVP. So they had around $110 billion of total deposits, Ed, which is, you know, it's a lot of money. Uh, but mm. it seems like that Signature Bank were just shutting down because, of, you know, had a lot of exposure to the crypto sector, which is bad for the crypto sector because there's very few crypto-friendly banks. If you think about a lot of the exchanges and stable coins, they all still need cash in banks. And if there's less and less crypto-friendly banks, it's going to be harder and harder for crypto products to actually utilize cash and, you know, actually, you know, build these um, build these businesses. And the other bank that we've seen go kaput uh, over the last couple of days is Silicon Valley Bank. Now, it sounds like what you think it is their business model serves silicon valley companies as well as regular customers like you or me and startups were but like over the weekend people have been queuing up in the rain to get their money out of silicon valley bank things tanked so badly So what happened is kind of explained by their business model. So primarily they deal with startups and startups have been raising cash and depositing with them during the last 15 years. There's relatively low interest rates and this means that getting funding for these companies has been pretty easy. So Silicon Valley then takes this money, goes to different markets, including government bond market, and at a very low yield because interest rates have been so low. And all banks do this, normally fine. But then what's happened over the last 18 months is that because they bank all these Silicon Valley companies and interest rates have gone up, it's gotten harder for these companies to raise money. So instead of getting this money, these Silicon Valley startups are dipping into their deposits with the bank. 
it got to the point where so many people were taking so much money out of the bank that the the bank couldn't effectively keep up with the withdrawals and they were having to sell their government bonds that they'd invested in at a loss. So effectively, they became insolvent. We think that at their worst, they were levered 185 to 1. So for every dollar deposited, they lent out 185. And on Friday, we think that there were around 42 billion dollars taken out of this bank in one day. Wild. So the FDIC his government agency in the US that regulates bank, they guarantee deposits in banks of up to 250k. So a lot of this money will be protected. But if you've got a big startup, and you've got like 5 million in Silicon Valley Bank, then you are absolutely screwed. Apparently, is the biggest banking failure since the GFC in 2008. So we've got Silicon Valley Bank, completely kaput. We've got Signature Bank, as you described, Ben, um, who are having struggle. And then the other one that we've been talking about is Silvergate Bank too. So Ben, how has what happened with Silicon Valley Bank then had an impact on USDC, the, the stablecoin circle? So USDC uh, is, is a stablecoin that's owned by a company called Circle. And uh, basically Circle had around... I think 25% of their cash reserves in Silicon Valley Bank. Now, Circle, the market cap of Circle right now is in the tens of billions. Uh, It's Mm. currently sitting at $40 billion. Now, they need to have one-for-one backing. So as one stable coin is represented, they need to have $1 somewhere else. Now, they hold a lot of different stuff like bonds, stocks, treasuries, cash. They hold a lot of different stuff to diversify. So I'm not entirely sure exactly how much, I don't think this is clear, how much percentage of t- the total 40 million, sorry, $40 billion market is in cash. It may be, I don't know, 5, 10, 20%. I'm not sure. But I think 25%- they had 3.3 billion of their reserves with Silicon Valley gotcha. Bank. 3.3 billion. So it's somewhere around, what's that, like 10%? Yeah, about 10%. Yeah. So 25% of the 10% was in cash. So, you know, for all the mathematicians out there, you can figure that out. So it was it was basically like, I think that works out to be 2.5% of the total market cap of cash was in, um, was in Silicon Valley Bank. And then when Silicon Valley Bank basically paused everything, you couldn't get your money out, this caused a run on the stable coin as well. And there was a mass sort of um, fear around USDC. And obviously the things that happened last year with, UST, the other stable coin that went to zero, there was a lot of confusion. And and we need to be clear that what happened last year with UST, which was the lunar stable coin that went to zero, was an algorithmic stable coin. It didn't have a one-for-one backing. It was a completely different style of stable coin where USDC is a one-for-one backing. Now, then Circle came out over the weekend and basically said that we will, we will uh, I guess, cover any losses from Silicon Valley Bank, you know, it's, it's okay, we will cover it, no worries. But there was a lot of people that were fearing that was, you know, selling everything, they were, you know, get, you know getting a bit wild. And then, fair enough, right? That was, it, was, it was sort of scary times. Since then, Silicon Valley Bank have come out, well, not Silicon Valley the Bank, the, uh, the I, I don't know exactly the institution in the US, but the US based government basically come out and said that um, they will be uh, covering uh, Silicon Valley Bank, they will be 
giving um, all the deposits back. I think it might even be as of like tomorrow, US time, everyone will be able to get at least some of their deposits back and then they'll cover the rest, which means that Circle will be made whole. And as of the time of recording, um, the USDC stablecoin is now back to, uh, you know, it's, it's at 0.99 cents, 993. So it's basically back to a dollar. It got down to as low as I think not 0.92 cents, Ed, or 94, mm. uh, yeah, 94 cents, sorry, not 0.94. 94 cents, it should be at a dollar, and now it's back to basically a dollar. So it seems that most of the fear in the markets has been, you know, sort of starting to recover and people coming back to back to normal. But, yeah, it was certainly scary times over the weekend. And I don't think we're out of the woods yet. I mean, especially with the not having crypto-friendly banks, tomorrow there might be a bank run in the US with people getting scared that they're not going to get their money out, of, you know, not going to get their money out of the bank. So there could be more fear to come. But... Bitcoin has bounced. We're up to twenty-two and a half thousand US dollars. So I think Bitcoin is up like maybe yeah nine percent in the last twenty-four hours um, off the news that Silicon Valley Bank is going to be okay. A lot of people are actually rotating their money out of USDC as well, Ed, into assets like Bitcoin. There was mm. a, there was a lot of chat on Twitter over the weekend. Was like, what's safe? If you can't keep cash in a bank, you can't stable coins unsafe. What's left? It's Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> It's really interesting. I think one of the things, like as a beginner in the space, stablecoins can be a bit confusing because um, like USDC and Tether never truly trade on a one-to-one basis because the price does fluctuate around fractions of a cent. So if you go and look at the chart, you will see that it kind of jumps around the fractions of a cent around that dollar. That happens constantly but you need to know that you can still always redeem at exactly one-to-one. And that never changed when uh, USDC became depegged over the weekend. All that really happened was that the markets got spooked because everybody knew that Circle had so much of their reserves in Silicon Valley Bank, which went down. The other thing that you mentioned there, Ben, is that obviously now... Uh, the government in the US have come out and said that they are going to cover all the losses of Silicon Valley Bank. But they've gone, hey, guys, don't worry, that's not going to be taxpayer money. We're not going to get taxpayers to pay for it. But then obviously, as we know, is the question is, well, then who's going to pay for that? You know, the obvious answer is that the government is going to print more money. And we know that that has huge ramifications for the economy. And the other thing is, is that if the government is willing to come in and make these pretty serious, uh, you know, steps to prop up these banks, you know, and as we've seen with Signature Bank, they've come in and said, no, you can no longer operate, which is a pretty fierce thing for a government to come in to do. It it begs the question is like, how strong is the US economy really if they're willing to go to measures that are this extreme so quickly? They must have been really scared of systemic banking collapse. I mean, yeah. to me, it suggests that the US economy is teetering, but I don't know what you think, Ben. Well, yeah, I was watching a video this morning of uh, Jeanette. She's Jeanette Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, and she was basically coming out, <clears throat> and she was a little bit vague, 
but she was basically saying that we do not want contagion and that's why they're taking action. Mm. So, you know, although a lot of the stocks as well of these companies have plummeted, they're not bailing out the stockholders or the bondholders. They're just bailing out the depositors so depositors can get their money back and trying to prevent contagion because the worst thing that can happen here, and like Ed said, banks don't keep all the money in the bank. I think the rule is in the U.S., I think it's up to 25, you need uh, you need to have, I think it might be a minimum of 25% of the money in the bank uh, or at least liquid assets, mm-hmm. but they have very little cash. What they do is that, you know, I think I think it was Silvergate, on oh, no, a Silicon Valley bank had $120 billion worth of customer deposits and only had, I think somewhere less than $20 billion of that was in cash. The rest was in investments. So if you think $120 billion of people like you and I, Ed, have deposited our cash in the bank, they're keeping like 10, 15% of that and they're investing the rest to make money. So then what happens when you get a flood of people wanting to get their money out, the money isn't there and you get a bank Mm, run. mm. And that's what they're hoping doesn't happen with the other banks. And it's important for the Australian listeners to know, if you don't know, the US banking system is completely different in the US to Australia. Right, like a lot of the listeners probably have money in like you know ANZ, Combank, you know Westpac, whatever. There's 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 sort of very few banks highly regulated here in Australia. In the US, completely different. There is a mm. crap ton, and I think the rules of what banks can do over there with their money is a lot more loose than here in Australia. So you don't get that sort of risk of the bank run because banks, I believe, here in Australia, are kept more. Uh, I guess. Uh, regulated with what they can do with their money. Uh, and that's what they're so worried about in the US right now. Because if Monday morning opens up, tomorrow in the US when the banks open and everyone runs to get their money, that money isn't there. And that's what you need to yeah. understand, listeners. Like that cash isn't there. They've used that to give to other people to invest. It's out there in the wild. And once you start getting a few losing trades with other people's money, that's what we've seen with Silvergate and uh, Silicon, Valley, sorry, Silicon Valley Bank, it goes to shit really, really quickly. It's so interesting now, though, isn't it? Like, looking at this, obviously, I feel desperately sorry for the people who've lost money, and that's a terrible situation to be in. But it's really interesting now looking at this um, and seeing how intrinsically linked the markets are. You know, we were talking to Josh Gilbert from eToro when he came on and he spoke um to us about the macroeconomics of crypto and it was really interesting. Um, But he was talking about how, uh, you know, the wider economic situation impacts crypto. But I think that is definitely a two-way street. You know, we're seeing how crazy tangled crypto now is with the traditional banking system and with the entire economy. And I think, you know, inevitably we're going to see some of these crashes and some of these big events while everybody figures out how they work and you know obviously this is economics none of it's perfect right and so many of it's so much of it is just purely driven on emotion and crypto's not absolutely not immune from that so it'll be really interesting to see what happens totally agree totally agree wild times very wild times okay ben hopefully we have explained that all to you Ben and I, you know, we're crypto nerds, so we get pretty deep at points. If at any point you got a little lost, please send us an email because we would love to explain it to you. 
send us an email to crypto at novapodcast.com.au. We would love to hear from you. We'll be back again on Wednesday. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please think about leaving us a review. It genuinely helps other people find us. And we'd be so grateful. It would, if Ben's had no coffee, go and leave him here a review, no please. <laughs> Want to explain three different banks all sounding with the same letter with no coffee? Oh my god! <laughs> Amazing. Well, thanks so much, Ben. I'll catch you again on Wednesday. See you guys.